0: to Pass the Hot Sauce, a Roswell podcast.
1: I'm Lorena Rose. I'm Aliza Ora. And I'm Lisa Abigail. And
2: I have a cold. For today's minisode, we'll each be sharing information on a UFO sighting that we have picked and found really interesting.
0: So let's dive right in. Um, I guess I'll go first. This is Lorena talking. So, I did a little bit of research on what is known as the Tinley Park Lights or the Tinley Park Triangle. And so, basically, in 2004, on August 21st, and then again on October October 31st, 2004, there was a mass sighting of three red lights in a triangular formation that were floating slowly above the sky in Tinley Park, Illinois. And it was also spotted from like five other little towns in the surrounding area. Tinley Park is about 30 miles South of Chicago proper. So it's kind of close to the airports, but um, there's like no record of anything on any of the, Like, flight information from the airports, it's not close to any military bases, and also all of the people who have given sighting information on it said it was moving far too slowly to be an airplane. Um, But yeah, so three lights in a triangle pattern, they seem to be fixed in a position, and so they... You know shift together they don't seem to be three independent things and there are over 70 like official official reports of this which makes it the highest reported and corroborated UFO sighting in the United States. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I also learned out when I was researching this that 6 out of 10 of the highest corroborated cases of UFO sightings in the U.S. all take place in the state of Illinois. So oh. Illinois has very high UFO activity for some reason. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so all these people saw these lights. The UFO Hunters TV show from the History Channel did a whole episode on the Tinley Park Lights, where they did lots of fancy science. And, like, yep. I mean, it did look like pretty fancy science, where they, like, Took videos from multiple different people from different points so that they could triangulate the position of the triangle, as it were, and estimate size and speed of travel and like how far off the horizon and all the sort of different things that you can do when you have multiple cases of something. And because there's so much video footage of this sighting, too, there's like over 30 different videos of this sighting so they had like actually a lot of information to compile and try to make their you know decision about what it was and so basically they decided that they estimated it to be about approximately 1500 feet across from point to point which would make it the width of six 747 jets uh, stacked side by side so giant And nobody can corroborate what it is. The government has no official statement on anything that might have been going on at that time. And, yeah, like hundreds of people all saw it in Tinley Park and the surrounding town on August 21st and again on August 31st of 2004 and then actually again on August 1st of 2005 and October 31st again on two thousand six. So there's literally like hundreds of cases of people seeing these same lights the same nobody... thing
2: with the yeah. 1500 whatever yeah well
0: across. that that was yeah the 1500 across is like based on their the UFO hunters science also
2: I mean they're guessing it's not like anyone yeah. had like a meter stick
0: yeah exactly but these same lights in the same triangle formation moving through the sky slowly hmm. um, so I thought that was pretty crazy nobody can really explain what it is
1: I have a question. Yeah. Were there any, uh, did it show up at all on radar? Did anyone try to track it that way?
0: There are no records of it on radars from the nearby airports. um, And no official government statement or information about it showing up on any of their radar stuff. Hmm. So that would be a no, I guess.
1: So it's all just visual sightings. Mm Mm-hmm. And the
0: videos, there's no sound attached to any of it, whether it's because it's too far away and just giant, and that's why it could be seen, or whether it's close by and moving silently, but there's no, like, plane or helicopter noises or anything attached to any of the reports. Everyone said that it was just, like, silently, slowly moving through the sky.
2: And you saw that, right? You watched that episode? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched
0: the episode of UFO Hunters, which included a lot of the footage from the people that they interviewed and the footage that they gathered from all these people who filmed it. And it is just, yeah, these like three lights just slowly drifting through the sky and moving around. It's pretty weird looking.
2: Weird. We'll
1: have to put those videos up in our show notes on our website yes. so everyone can check them out. Maybe someone can figure out what the heck they are.
0: Yes, somebody. maybe yep. somebody else can shed more, shed more light on the situation for us now that it's been uh, like 15 years since this incident happened.
2: Yeah, it's weird because, you know, we're all talking about UFO sightings, but I at least, I mean, I think all of us kind of are skeptical about it being aliens. Um, Yes. You know, these are all alleged UFO sightings, but at the same time, like, I can't think of what that would be.
0: Yeah. You know, like, they're so
2: weird. Like, I don't have a good answer, but I don't think it's aliens.
0: I mean, it is technically a UFO. It's an unidentified flying object. It just, is it alien spacecraft or is it just unidentified? Just because we don't know what it is. And maybe the government isn't saying anything and saying they have no records of anything because they're covering something up.
2: Who knows? They do know what it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe it's like that horrible Roswell TV movie we watched, and they're (laughs) trying to hide the fact that they have a little alien in their custody who just occasionally shows them the entire history of the world.
0: Yes.
2: Yep. That could be it. It's very likely.
0: Yep, whatever military base is closest to Tinley Park, they are also also harboring aliens.
1: Yeah. Someone call Martin Sheen so he can deliver all the exposition we need. <laughs> yes, please. I'm on it.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that's my that's my Tinley Park story. Uh I also read some interviews with um, Sam Maranto, who is the director of the Illinois chapter of MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, which we have heard Mm -hmm. about. He had a lot to say about the government's statements or lack thereof about these um, sightings. So um, we can link to some of those interviews with him as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Cool. Cool.
0: So who's next? Elisa, you want to go?
2: So the one that I found occurred on May 12th, 1962 in Argentina um, at, I believe, 4.10 a.m. is when this allegedly occurred. Um, So there were three truckers traveling on National Highway 35 toward Bahia Blanca from Jacinto Araos, which um, which are kind of in the middle of the country by the east coast right bahia blanca means white bay so it's right on the coast um and they're south of buenos aires and it takes like i looked it up on google maps takes like an hour and 42 minutes to make that drive so it's not a super long drive um so these three men were on the highway when they saw in the distance they saw um like in a field that they were passing they saw lights well that kept brightening and then turning down and brightening and turning down and then when they got closer they slowed down and they saw a row of what they say were 20 to 30 lights um they saw them come on and that at that point they could see what looked to be a railway passenger car hmm yeah interesting so and then suddenly it rose up about 4 meters from the ground, crossed the sh- the crossed the road in front of them, and then they reported seeing a reddish flame on the bottom of it. And then they said they saw it split apart into two parts, which then flew in different directions. Whoa. Yeah. That sounds cool. So you can see why I picked this one, because it's pretty wild. Yes. Um, <laughs> so the three of them reported this. Right. And and my first thought is like, okay only three people saw it. Maybe they're making it up. Um, The area was later studied by two different institutions, by the Puerto Belgrano Naval Base, um, which I guess is nearby. And also um, Southern National University, which is the largest public university in southern Argentina, um, which I believe has satellite. Uh, locations in different places, I think one near there. So the area was studied, and the landing sites had burnt grass about 60 meters in diameter,
1: hmm.
2: which is pretty big. Um, yeah. There were also, quote, damp, leaden-colored patches, which were analyzed by the people at the southern... Uh, National University and turned out to have calcium carbonate and potassium carbonate. Uh, Listeners, if any of you know anything about either of those carbonates, let us know because I don't know what it means.
0: Yes, please let us know. (laughs) If you know science, get in touch with us.
2: (laughs) I know some science. I know behavior science, not chemistry science or whatever. Me neither. (laughs) (laughs) So um, the thing that... also is interesting is that the Puerto Belgrano naval base, um, they reported that the insects in the area were carbonized. I also Whoa. don't really know what that means, but it... I think it means they were, like, burned up. Okay. Carbon, right? That makes sense. Right. Okay.
1: Or they were, like, Han Soloed when he gets put in the carbonite,
2: you know? Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I hope it was the latter. Yeah, um,
0: like they're, like, fossilized almost, maybe?
2: hmm Yeah. So then they also said that the ground was petrified.
0: Hmm. Interesting. So,
2: you know, so then my thoughts of, oh, these three guys maybe just made it up. Well, I had a few thoughts. I was like, well, they maybe were driving for so long that they were tired and imagined it. But it's only an hour and 42 minutes between... Those two places, mm-hmm. um, and and there's all this physical evidence that something happened.
0: Yeah, that something weird happened. Yeah, all these weird little tidbits.
2: Yeah, by like pretty credible institutions. It sounds like. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much all I have on that. It seems like it's a pretty well known story, um, at least in that area. In that country along uh, according to the ufologists there but um nobody really has any clear answer of what it could have been mm-hmm. and then something else when i was researching this that i found really interesting is that nicap the national investigations committee on aerial phenomena which is um an organization here in the u.s um had information about this because I guess they're in touch with people like ufologists in Argentina. I'm not sure, but they reported that there were 12 UFO sightings um, just that month in Argentina. Mm. Um, So
0: a high influx.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And at first I, I thought it was going to say that year there were 12. No, in May of 1962, there were 12 in Argentina. So interesting. Interesting.
1: Did the scientists who were looking at this, I assume they looked for evidence that it was something like a meteorite that crashed, or these guys were doing a bunch of drugs and accidentally lit a patch right. of earth on fire?
2: I, that's what I'm thinking. I think that they are probably like doing drugs and caused some kind of explosion or something themselves. And then we're like, oh shit, we have to come up with a cover story. We need oh, to get our, no. our stories straight.
0: We saw a giant train car, and then it hovered and flew across the road and split into two and flew in opposite directions and fossilized all the bugs.
1: Yeah.
2: Everyone will buy that story. Yeah. Yeah, Seems legit. Pretty credible story. (laughs) Yet it's a well-known story, I guess. I found it in a bunch of different places. Hmm. Um, But yeah, I... I don't know if I knew what calcium carbonate and potassium carbonate were, um, you know, maybe those are things that like aren't found where meteorites hit the earth, but maybe they are and that could be what it is. Uh, But that still wouldn't account for the train car thing. So I'm thinking drugs. Yeah. LSD (laughs) would account for the train car sighting, I think. Yeah.
1: Or I mean, I'm sure they have a lot of magic mushrooms down there. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I just googled calcium carbonate. Um, the official definition is calcium carbonate is a calcium salt with formula CCAO3. It has a role as an antacid, a food coloring, a food firming agent and a fertilizer. It is a calcium salt and a carbonate salt and a one carbon compound. It is white, an, a white odorless powder, or colorless crystals. Hmm.
1: That sounds really similar to potassium carbonate, which I just googled, which is mainly <laughs> used in the production of soap and glass.
0: Interesting.
1: So maybe they hmm. were out there washing some windows, and things got a little out of hand.
0: <laughs> Fertilizing some plants.
1: What <laughs> was a greenhouse that
2: exploded.
0: Yeah. yeah. What they two solved. weird things.
2: But and my question is, like do these things occur in nature? I mean, yes, but but where? Like what usually causes them to occur?
0: Yeah. I don't know. Interesting.
2: I mean train cars uh splitting up and burning up, of course. But what yes. else? Yes. <laughs> right good question so yeah that is my story I'm sticking to it <laughs>
1: alright well my story turns out to be somewhat less mysterious so this incident is sometimes referred to as the British Roswell which is why I chose it Ooh. Ooh. So this happened in 1980 in Rendlesham Forest, which is on the southeastern coast of Great Britain. It's about half an hour east of Ipswich. And it is supposedly just a very beautiful forest, uh, that happens to have a couple of old Royal Air Force airfields that during the Cold War were operated by the United States Air Force. And so on Christmas night, 1980, some personnel at the base reported seeing bright UFOs streaking through the sky. They saw these lights that they thought were too bright to be anything natural. And so I don't know why they didn't just assume it was Santa Claus.
0: But <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously
1: right? They thought that it was maybe an aircraft that was crashing in the area, but it looked like the movements of it were uh, controlled intelligently. They described the craft as metal and conical with a bright red light above and a circle of blue lights below. And they said the whole craft was suspended in yellow mist. And so then they Mm -hmm. saw... They saw this craft descend into the forest and they said that then there appeared in the sky these very bright lights that looked like stars but brighter and so In the wee hours of the morning of the 26th of December, some of these folks went out to investigate, they found this clearing where they thought that the craft might have set down, and they observed a triangular pattern of depressions in the ground, which were photographed by the local constables, and they found what they thought were burn marks in some nearby trees. So a few days later, they went back to the site. They took the Lieutenant Colonel Charles Holt, who was the second in command in this uh, military base. He brought a radiation detector, and he found what he thought were abnormally high levels of radiation. They saw the same lights this time, and they tried to follow him for a little while. And while they were following them, this lieutenant colonel actually recorded the audio of their pursuit. So all of the things Mm. that they were saying as they were observing these lights. Mm. And then he wrote up a memo and sent it to the British Ministry of Defense. And three other airmen contributed signed witness statements. And so this case is considered to be exceptional because of the amount of primary evidence we have the photographs we have the audio recording we have a signed memo by a lieutenant colonel in the united states military and three witness statements and so this story didn't go public until 1983 and the tabloid the british tabloid news of the world ran the headline ufo lands in suffolk and that's official So this was considered, and still is considered, by a lot of people to be one of the uh, more credible UFO sightings out there, except there does appear to be a extre- an extremely logical explanation for all of this. just okay. depends on whether you accept it or not. So the explanation is threefold, a meteor, a lighthouse, and stars. So if you recall our Roswell incident minisodes, we talked about the most common categories of debunked UFO stories, and these fall squarely into the most common ones, which are nocturnal lights and misidentified astronomical phenomena. So the brightest light that the men saw was attributed to meteor activity. At around 3 a.m. that night, there was a, an exceptionally bright meteor, which astronomers call a fireball, that was visible Ooh. over southern England. And so that's likely what they saw. It would have looked like it was descending to Earth. And there's not video of this fireball, but I have seen videos that I will put in the show notes, and it's amazing how bright these things are. They really do look otherworldly. Um, So this started raising some issues. Also, the three airmen's accounts are substantially different, even though they were together throughout the whole sighting. Mm -hmm. And then these folks started going on TV shows and talking to newspapers and magazines about their experiences. (laughs) And over time, their stories took on more detail and they grew in magnitude and they grew in drama and they became a lot more exciting and all of a sudden someone had seen a ufo and then someone else had touched a ufo and then someone had interacted with aliens and now he spoke in <laughs> binary code It was all very fancy you don't wow. say
2: once they started <laughs> making money maybe for these i
1: don't know interviews and stuff
2: <laughs>
1: or their memories were just jogged by, yeah, all that cash course, that they were course. making. Yeah, Because so, me- memories are so reliable and all that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, so, they are. So there's a particular reporter who's been looking into this for years and years, and a bunch of other people have looked into it as well. And so they've actually gone out and tried to replicate this, and they've st- stood in the forest and seen all these bright lights. And so the the bright blinking light that everyone reported seeing – They realized, oh, hey, you know what? About five miles away, there's a lighthouse. And the light on this lighthouse blinks every five seconds. And from certain angles in the forest, it looks red. Wow. Unexplainable Hmm. phenomenon explained. And then there are nearby farmhouses and other buildings in the valley that give off lights that from certain angles look very bright and look like they're blinking as you walk through the trees. So we're continually, like, beating down this evidence. The mm-hmm. um, There were also reports of the landing marks that I mentioned. Someone went out and said, yeah, so those were made by rabbits. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> rabbits hippity hopping through the forest?
1: Yeah. Uh, maybe they're alien rabbits. Who knows? And then the officers also had reported seeing burn marks in the trees from the landing gear. And, again, someone went out and was like, those are axe marks from foresters who are marking which trees they're going to cut down
0: <laughs>
1: so you have this beautiful story that kind of falls apart we go back and look at the radiation levels and you look at what the guy actually reported and he said the abnormally high radiation level reading is it was like 0.07 or something and then they go to the scientists who are like that's normal <laughs> you just took a normal reading and said oh my gosh it's so high and then the last thing it's that, not zero right so the the lieutenant colonel also had reported and others had reported seeing these star-like lights hovering in the sky and i bet you'll never guess what those were stars they were stars yeah. <laughs> wow yeah so they were really close to sirius which is one of the brighter stars in the sky, maybe the brightest star in the sky. And so they thought, oh, that's too bright to be a star. But aha, it's just a really bright star. (laughs) (laughs) So this story sounds really cool if you don't look at any of the science behind it. But as soon as you start poking it, unfortunately, it falls apart.
2: Aww. What about the yellow mist?
1: Yeah, so they think that was caused by the light from the lighthouse and just the way that it Oh, just like a foggy night or something. through the Yeah. Yeah. So I mean okay. it's like five miles away, so I think a lot of there's like a lot of atmospheric mm-hmm. interference that can happen and you're in the woods, so everything's a little funky. So in December twenty eighteen new reports came out that claimed the whole thing was a prank by some UK special forces personnel. Uh, But this seems to have been some guy trying to sell a story. And so Ian Ridpath, who's the astronomer I mentioned, who I think was the first or one of the first to write about this, said of that story, I have waited over 30 years for someone to come up with convincing response to the triple crown explanation of fireball lighthouse and stars, but no one has. So that's the story. And if you would like to hear more about it, in 2020, you'll be able to watch an eight-part TV series starring Lawrence Fishburne, which is currently in pre-production, set to release next year to coincide with the 40th anniversary of the incident. Or if you really want to immerse yourself, you can hike the UFO trail in Rendlesham Forest, which includes a replica of the craft that was supposedly observed.
0: That's so cool.
1: Maybe you'll find your own
0: aliens.
1: (laughs) Thanks for joining us for this discussion of some of our very favorite UFO sightings.
0: In our next minisode, we will be watching the Disney Channel original movie, Stepsister from Planet Weird, which you can find on Disney+, Plus. which is how we will be watching it to get ready for this minisode.
2: Next Tuesday, we'll be covering Roswell Season 1, Episode 10, The Balance. And if you're enjoying listening to our podcast, please subscribe and rate and give us a review.
0: You can find our website at www.roswellhotsauce.com and there will be show notes up on there for this mini with some links to our research and the information that we found on today's UFO sightings. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at
1: Roswell Hot Sauce. And you can send any thoughts, feedback, or
2: questions our way by emailing roswellhotsauce at gmail.com. Until next time, keep an eye on the sky. You might see something weird.